Hello and welcome to the Financial Classroom with Will, Tim, and Jules, where three friends believe that the American dream is built by living within your means. Listen as we discuss how to build wealth, live frugally, and attack life with a financial plan. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Financial Classroom Canada. Uh, today you're listening to episode sixty-seven, and uh, Tim is on the other side of the mic. But today it would be a little bit different. Because uh, I don't know if many of you know. We have Jules um, back. We have Jules back. But before I say that, uh, (laughs) you guys probably have noticed that the past few episodes that Jules actually hasn't come on. um, It's because that uh, we have sad news. We're going to be saying farewell to Jules, um, who has been a tremendous uh, asset or help to this podcast. And um, life's just been, you know, getting too busy. She has two kids. And. Um, she's working full time now versus when she first came on. And um, yeah, so Jules, I guess Tim and I just want to thank you for um your contribution to the podcast. And this isn't goodbye. Like um, you can always come on as a guest or as a special co-host. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for all your social media help and all your um arranging guests and you know, all your help. So uh it's uh it's sad to say goodbye, but it's uh it's not uh forever. So yeah, I appreciate that. It was I had mixed feelings leaving. Um, but again, I'm not going far. I'm still I'm still here. <laughs> uh, just family got super busy and uh it's been such a blast being with you guys and I've learned so much mm-hmm. and um connected with some really amazing guests over the last year. And so it's been a good experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll still have Jules back like in a more manageable role, we'll <laughs> say. So she'll still come on every now and then, I'm sure. Um, yeah, Jules is obviously a, a huge part of um, help, helping the podcast become what it is today. So, um, yeah, we we definitely want to continue to have her on, but we also understand that life is busy and life is crazy. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, we just super appreciate mm-hmm. Jules having come on. Yeah. And and um, we just say like this is like pure hobby right this is just our love for finance that's why we do this and we, we um, don't make money off of it yeah obviously I think we spend so. money on it actually yes there you go <laughs> yeah and and at the end of the day it's to like for us it's educating ourselves and talking about a topic that we love and us at the same time bounce mm-hmm. ideas off each other and and yeah. like it's really like for jewels to like come on and 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 then eventually becoming a mortgage broker through all this mm-hmm. whole process like we were I, I wouldn't say we were part of that but we were there from the beginning and I remember her messaging us, say, hey, I got a test coming up, like for this mortgage, like broker exam, et cetera. And to see her come from, you know, not understanding. I don't even know if you understood what uh, different interest rate or prime rate or all that before that. But now, no, to, to like- be honest, I, I didn't. <laughs> um, I, I liked Dave, Dave Ramsey. I liked the principles. And that's pretty much what I knew about finances. Yeah. And uh, since then is when I've learned... Mortgages, more. the industry, um, index funds, investing. Like I've, I've learned a lot in the last little bit. That's good. Um, it's fun though. Finances can be fun and you guys make yeah. it fun. Um, all the guests are on there interesting and mm-hmm. it's um, it's cool. And I want to commend you guys too because it's a huge commitment, this podcast and coming on recording every week or every second week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the guests who are listening and just enjoying it, just know that behind the scenes, it's not. It, you know, it's not as easy as one might no. think. Um, no. So good job for Will and Tim as well for continuing doing this. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, with that being said, uh, so with this being Jules' last official episode with us, um, 
uh, we just wanted to do something special. So for this episode, we have Will and his wife Jess on, um, and they are five-figure millennials. They have ten thousand dollars, and so we're <laughs> <laughs> barely scraping by. Come, come yeah. on! We've been trying to convince Will to come on as a six-figure millennial for how long, Tim? It's been like yeah. since we started. Basically, yeah. Especially since I did mine, which was oh, that would have been 50? like the spring. Was that fifty? Oh yeah, I think it was actually. That's like seventeen episodes ago or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, it was a little while ago. Quick so math. we've been talking about it for a while. Um. Yeah. So yeah, we figured now would be a great time to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So. And my yeah. wife was just begging to come on. So. Look at that smile, that excitement on her face. <laughs> she has so much to share. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never been on the podcast, so it's a new experience for me. I guess. Just kidding. I asked her to come on. So for listeners that can't tell the sarcasm but um, but most of our but questions I am excited are for, to be here most of our questions though will be for milo so um <laughs> might want to go grab him <laughs> he's in bed but i'll be right back uh yeah no good stuff um cool yeah we just get yeah. into it we ask you guys what your story is Sh- sure yeah what is your story guys <laughs> this yeah, is very I mean, weird I- versus me asking oh. or whatnot yeah, is- why don't you tell us a bit about your story Well, I'll start because you probably hear from Will all the time and maybe it'll be nice to hear a new voice and then he can fill in the gaps. So um, my name is Jess, if you didn't catch that earlier when Tim introduced me. So Will and I have been married. um, We'll be coming up five years this July. Will is a police officer, as I'm sure you all know, and I'm a teacher. But since we had our son in the fall of 2021, um, after mat leave, I have just been subbing, um, which has been really nice flexibility um, one of us always gets to be home with our son since Will works shift work. And so um, he's not in daycare right now. He always gets to be with one of the parents, which is awesome. And I'm enjoying kind of the part-time and um, it's not quite so hectic as like full-time classroom teaching was. So that's kind of a little bit about us. Um, yeah. Anything you want to add there, Will? We're not dinks anymore. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Jess doesn't work full-time right now. She's just a sub and I work full-time and, um, yeah. Milo is not in daycare and she just works around my schedule. So it works out Wait, well. Wait, for, for those who don't know what dinks are, because I didn't know for the longest time, dual income, no kids. Or double income. Same thing. Dual income, double yeah. income. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're no longer that, but we used to be, which was great. But but we love yeah. Milo. He's the best. So we wouldn't trade that for anything. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And like if... Uh, and that's part of your reason for pursuing fire, right? Like is to be able to spend more time with Milo and to, um, I mean, we'll get into that more in the episode, I think, but. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you want to talk. Well, I don't think it started out as that because that mm-hmm. was a goal okay. that will, I mean, will is the one who introduced me to that, but will got excited about that before, you know, we were even trying to start a family. And so, now, I mean, Milo just adds kind of a whole nother level to that when we're like, oh, we would like Will working and then still chooses to be home at Milo dur- with Milo during the day. even when he's had a busy week, like that's tiring for him. But um, he wants to make sure he's having that time with I mean, we have a one year old right now. It's a lot of fun, but we're not we're not going to get that time back. So um, yeah. that's like added kind of to the goal or the dream, I guess. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So. I guess, uh, what is your guys's current net worth, and when did you hit six figures? Uh, Jess can talk about current net worth, I guess. No, um, I can't. 
He's like, I don't know. (laughs) I have a rough idea, but Will knows the numbers. Will Um, knows probably to the penny. I can see Will's face right now, and I can tell that he's looking at his spreadsheet right now. So he's going to give us a detailed breakdown. Yeah, exactly. He's going to geek out on us right now. I'm ready for it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I'll 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 do a quick breakdown because it's hard to follow numbers on a podcast. It, It it just is, and it's it's that doesn't work very well. Um, so total asset in terms of uh, including all our investable assets, our house and uh, pension, uh, bank accounts, et cetera, uh, adds up to about $889,822.64. Um, and then there's liabilities, obviously. So uh, you take away the only liabilities we have is our mortgage. Uh, we have no other debt. Um, credit card we pay off like every three days. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, total net worth as of uh, as of 2022, December 31st, is uh, here. Jess, you can read it. <laughs> I can read six hundred and fifty nine thousand four hundred and ninety one dollars and fifteen cents. There you go. Nice. So Woo! yeah, it fluctuates up and down all the time, but uh, yeah, six fifty nine, give or take. And how old are you guys right now? We're both twenty nine. Yeah, I just turned twenty nine December. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, you're so you're in your 20s and you're worth 650. 20s, quote unquote, I'm almost 30. Okay, but you could still say <laughs> 20s for a couple more months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just early on. Yeah, or investing and living below our means kind of thing. Okay, well, that's incredible, you guys. And I'm sure everyone's wondering, what is your salary range in order to get that kind of net worth? Um, So before we got married in 2018. And I started policing in 2016. And so at the time, Jess was just in university. So she made like nothing. And we weren't married yet. Um, So initially, so this is just me now. Because Jess wasn't making anything. And it was just me working in 2016. So really, it was the first year was probably 70000 And then after that, uh, every single year, it's been my lowest year is probably at 106. And then it's fluctuated mostly 106 to 130, give or take. And then uh, after we got married, uh, Jess was teaching. This started in 2018. So what, so uh, were you guys investing? Like when you got married, what was your net worth? So Jess had like zero. <laughs> Don't count me in the pre-marriage net worth equation. Um, so I hit... <laughs> I, I had a, over $100,000 in cash at 24. Um, I remember that specifically because I remember when I f- hit over 100. Um, but uh, an investment at the time was maybe like 30 or 40 because I wasn't really into that stuff. I, I believed in holding cash at the time or GICs or whatever. And then uh, I really started investing probably 25, 26, maybe uh, somewhere there. And then... Uh, Started off with mutual funds and then with a bank and then eventually going with Jackson and then eventually DIYing kind of everything. So it's been a process to get to the DIY stage. But uh, yeah, so in the beginning, it was probably like had 100000 at 24. That's before we got married. Uh, that's just on my own salary. And then after we got married, then then our dink stage just just killed it. We were in Mooseman. Um, and uh, here, let me just... Uh, uh, quickly, uh, which if you haven't heard of Mooseman, that tells you how cheap it was to live there. 
so what happened was I, I graduated uh, at the RCMP Academy and they posted me to a small town. Uh, basically, our first year was 2019, our first year of marriage. We got uh, married in 2018, just a 2018. few months before Will turned 20. Yeah, and then Jess so. had some student loans um, that we hammered that out pretty quickly. And then after that, it was just savings. So, and what was I making in my first year of teaching? Probably like well, fifty thousand. Exactly. So between like household income was probably one seventy between the two of us. One twenty plus fifty, yeah, give or take. And I think on a on a given month, uh, twenty twenty nineteen wasn't as good, but on a given month we saved uh, after all expenses around sixty five hundred dollars um, every single month. We were putting away wow. into investments. And then 2020 was when it went kind of bonkers um, when we were just saving and tracking everything. So that's around like $8,000 we were saving and putting away every single month. Will, you would know this question most likely. How much of your cash that you earned did you put as part of that 650 and how much is growth? Do you uh, know that? Oh, you mean like uh, like investments? Yeah, in your investments. Oh, well, after 2022, that's been a rough year. Um, honestly, probably like, I don't have the exact, probably like 65 grand is from growth. Um, but my, I don't have 650 in investments though. Um, uh, mm-hmm. my investments only make up around 320, like I have 325 in the market, give or take. Gotcha. Um, so around 65 of that is from growth. And then, uh, everything else is, uh, is just our hard earned money that we put in, but it was a lot more than that before 2022 crashed everything. So. Yeah. I'll let Jess answer the next question here, whatever it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So I I was just wondering if you guys have any mistakes that you've made or, or regrets in terms of finances, things you wish you would have done differently in the past. Yeah, totally. So Will mentioned that when we first got married, I had some student loans. And so I actually I I seriously like thank God that I married Will because I think my finances would be a mess um, if he hadn't kind of well, he's taught me so much. Um, but also just I'm a spender and I'm not a budgeter. And I just I was really bad with money in university and made some really stupid decisions with my money. So I'm really thankful to be married to someone who is really intentional with how we spend our money. So um, I wish that in university before I went that someone would have told me it's possible to go through school and not take any loans. Because I just assumed that everyone takes student loans because that's what everyone did. And like, if someone would have just said, you know what, like, you actually could just like work really hard in the summer. And you could make a good portion of what you need to pay for the next school year. But I just mm-hmm. kind of thought like, oh, that's impossible. And so the, I, I did work in the summers, but I wasn't smart with how I used that money. And then I took student loans every year. So um, I did pay them off quickly. I don't think I had to pay interest on them because I paid them off like within that period. But it was still something that would have been nice not to have to begin with. Um, I also maxed out a credit card during university. So (laughs) like, I just, I wasn't making great choices with my money. And I knew that I had to be like paying off this card every month. And it just, you know, like you're not making very much money when you're in school, you have lots of expenses. And I also like to spend so it wasn't a good combination. And um, yeah, like, Will helped me out with that. And um, I still have a credit card. But I say I wouldn't have a credit card if I wasn't married to Will. So (laughs) he like makes sure I'm paying it off every month, um, which is good. I appreciate that accountability from him. So, um, yeah, I guess those are a couple of big mistakes I've made and definitely learned from them. And we'll definitely be teaching Milo about that when he's old enough to um, need to know that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think something really cool, though, to speak on the the student loans is 
uh, just at around twelve thousand dollars in student loans when she graduated. And her okay, first so that's month- not that bad too. I was actually like paying them. I mean, part of it is like I applied for the student loans and I got some of it as bursary money because um, my family was considered like lower income or whatever. So um, I got some of it just as like free money that I didn't have to pay back. But in my fourth year of university, like anything like, okay, let's be clear that I also maxed out a credit card during my fourth year of university. But when I felt that I had extra cash, which I didn't, I was paying off my loan. I should have been paying off my credit card. But you know, that's just another thing where I I didn't really understand. But I was Mm -hmm. trying to like, get that loan down. So I had been already working towards paying it off, whether or not that was the smartest. She was trying to pay off like a 3% loan or 4%, whatever the student loan was versus like the 20% credit card. Like (laughs) she was paying off the loan, but wasn't fully understanding like the interest rate. Right. I just, I wasn't like educated about that. And I also didn't do my research, obviously. So I was like trying to pay it down ahead of time though. So, so sorry. So something cool is the $12,000 you had. uh, She we just lived on my income the whole time. And so she actually paid that off in three, four months because all her salary, because I I was, we were very strict, like certain. I was like, it's your student loans. Even though we're married, I wanted you to be able to say that you paid your own student loan off. Well, yeah. And I wanted to pay it off. Right. So for the first four months of work from teaching, all her salary went directly to the loans. Yeah, or and like 80% of it or whatever. No, like, it was like 100% because we left, left all my salary. I was probably still buying certain things on Amazon yeah. or something. <laughs> so basically by January, we were still living off my income and her entire paycheck basically went to investments. So after that, it was, yeah, it, we just had a system set up. Sorry, Jules, See? I cut you off. No, you know that it was great. I That's all I wanted to know. Um, and so then, um, Jess, you mentioned you got some... Um, scholarships is that right like what did you receive any significant assistance financially um so i got i had like a couple scholarships during university um nothing like crazy like probably like maybe there was one that was like 500 dollars. i don't really remember but just mm-hmm. when you apply for like government student loans if you are like qualified to be in like a low income enough category and because my parents didn't make like you know crazy household income then you actually get some of that loan as like bursary money so I, I don't even remember what how much I would have received from the government, but a portion of it, like $1,000 or something, would have been like bursary money, as in they were just giving it to me and I didn't have to pay it back. So, and I think lots of people just get that automatically for like when they apply for loans, if they're, you know, you have to fill out all this kind of stuff, but what your parents make and how far away you're living from your family and all that kind of stuff. So I think some people automatically get that bursary money. Did Will... Did you receive any kind of inheritance or money from your parents? Yeah, like six hundred and fifty thousand. Just kidding. <laughs> 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 no, just kidding. Um, I was very fortunate. I got my school paid for by my dad. So when we're doing the same thing with Milo now, I'm maxing out his RESP every year, and uh, that's that's. Uh, I know that's definitely uh, something not not everyone um, had the opportunity or was able to do. And so, like with her parents and stuff. So I had that, which was, a, I'm super thankful for that. Yeah, that's, that's it. Like, I don't want to say that's it, but that's the main thing that uh, uh, my dad helped me out in terms of uh, like basically giving me finances that way, putting me through school. So, and like you didn't have to work during university. I had four jobs, but yeah. Yeah, you chose to work, but you didn't have to. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, <laughs> See, he's been saving since he was born. <laughs> yes. So I, I did work. I did work. 
Yeah. Sorry, I have so many questions for you. Tim, you can ask a question. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, it's so, get to know me day while you while farewell for jewels. And yeah. just so I, I want to like stick on the idea of school here. So um Jess comes from a, a very small town. And and normally, like if you live village. in a different city, yeah, village really. Um it Hamlet is, is that like no, it's okay. a village, guys. Two hundred and fifty people. Oh, okay. It's a Saskatchewan, it's a village. <laughs> so normally when you um like when you move to the city, uh you have to like pay rent and stuff like that. But with your situation, didn't you live in oh, yeah. um like live in a dorm? You were oh, yeah. an RA there and like you got paid, but also like got a place to live is that how it works? yeah i had or... a really sick living situation in university actually so, so jules this is why jess actually didn't have that big of a loan because her living yes so i there was a high school in regina um that had it's also like a boarding school so they had a lot of international students that came in and live at the school for the whole school year and so they need people to staff the dorm and so it, it was really crazy how i like landed the job totally a god thing but I ended up getting the position at this high school. And so for actually all four years of university, I lived in a high school dorm, which was some days really fun. And some days I was so over it. Um, (laughs) But it was like I worked like I had to work one weekend a month and like two nights a week. Um, And you'd be you'd be on like they call it on duty, like all night. Like if one of the girls needed anything, like they could come knock on your door if something was happening, like if there was an emergency um that kind of thing we'd have to do like curfew checks and whatever so i mean there was definitely responsibility there but if i was like working a whole weekend like i could bring my homework down and supervise gym time while i was like working on a paper so um i got to eat all my meals in the cafeteria for free i got to eat at the university cafeteria because they had a college associated with the high school at the university so i got to eat there for free um like for all four years of my schooling and yeah i didn't have to pay to live there they paid me so like really i shouldn't like when i said i wish someone had told me i wouldn't have needed student loans like i didn't but again like i wasn't great with my money and i didn't really like care to be honest so she so. got free food uh <laughs> she got paid to live where she lived and she got free food at the university also for work. yeah yeah so it was and, pretty sweet sweet and how much did yeah. you get paid Oh, like seven hundred dollars a month or something. It like, wasn't a lot. Not crazy, no, but like, okay, that is a lot. I but like, really it. awesome for university. So, but it's mm-hmm. no rent. She doesn't pay rent, and she yeah. gets free food. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, saving so. like two thousand dollars minimum a month. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I was really blessed to have that during university. Like, by the time I was done there, I was very ready to not live in a high school dorm. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't. I have to be thankful for that time because it was really good for me. And, um. Like I, you can already tell I wasn't good with money and I had this great living situation. And so I'm kind of like, man, if I had been like paying rent and stuff, like what kind of hole would I have been in when I finished school? If, you know, if I had all those other expenses. So, yeah, no, I love that. Cause sometimes you just like get creative and find ways around these kinds of problems, right? Like, you know, it's, it's really expensive to have to pay for school, to have to pay for rent, to have to pay for food. And in, in your case, you're able to do this uh, like have this arrangement make money off of it and mm-hmm. you know it like i mean still acquired like a little bit of debt but yeah like yeah. like you said it would have been huge if if you were having to pay for all these things yourself right totally yeah and i know like mo- i mean most people aren't going to be able to get a situation like that so i mean i was really blessed to have that during university yeah like i uh i uh like i went to um to briarcrest for a couple of years that was two years so yeah, between living in the dorms, paying for 
the food and stuff like that, you know, I, uh, I think I acquired about 16,000 of my student loans there. So that was yeah. just two years. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, so when you guys met, Jess, your self-proclaimed big spender, Will, yeah. your self-proclaimed frugal saver, um, <laughs> did you guys clash? How did that work? Like, did Will be like, Hey, do you want to go out for dinner? But you're, I'm not buying you dinner. Or was he a gentleman? <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> no, he well, makes the best noodle bowls. Yeah, <laughs> he does. First of all, he's a fantastic cook. So, like, I had that. That was great. But um, no, Will was always great. Like, he always has paid for meals and that kind of thing. Um, like the thing is, if you know Will in person, like anyone, you know, you, like it takes two minutes for someone he's never met to end up in a finance conversation with him. Like it just happens. But also anyone that Will's ever like hung out with knows that Will like loves to treat people and be really generous. Mm -hmm. And he like loves to like, you know, when, if you ever came to our house, like Will would cook you a feast. Like, and he just mm -hmm. loves to do that. So like, that was never like a, Oh, sorry. We kind of like, I, I don't want to treat you. It's too expensive. That was never a thing. But I do remember having some really, really uncomfortable conversations about money. Like, I don't even know if when we were dating, but for sure when we were engaged, like when I had to, I didn't even know I'd max out my credit card um, until I went somewhere and it didn't work. And Will was like, well, let's look. And it was maxed out. And like, I remember that being a really uncomfortable, like terrible, awkward conversation. Like, I mean, we got, we got, we had the conversation. We're married five years later, right? Like, we're obviously moved past it, but I just remember some like really hard talks initially. Mm -hmm. And Will, you're engaged to this girl and she just found out her credit card was maxed and she didn't even know it. How did you broach that conversation? And we how did probably you? probably not engaged yet, but I think know. we were engaged. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> um, well, I sat down with her. I we were in the car, which always have an awkward conversation in a car. You can't run away and like you don't have to look at but each we, other. We, no, but we did look, look on the computer. We sat down. I explained to her the interest rate that she's paying. Um, I don't remember the interest rate, but I'm sure it's 19 or 20 percent at the time, um, which is pretty standard. And then uh, and then obviously I was probably 26, 20 26 at this time and like i said i no no no. we weren't married yet so you were like 23 or 24 doesn't matter i had over a hundred thousand dollars already right and um <laughs> it was probably i don't know like there was a limit on the card um so i just i said listen i'm gonna pay this off right now so i i took the card i paid it all off that that night the same night and then I we, and then I think my card lived I, in your safe I, until we were married. Card lived in my safe <laughs> until we were married. Yes, uh, which was good. Like I, I mean, I I needed that, and I don't find that that like some people might be like, oh, he was like too controlling well, you of your money it. or something. But like, no, like yeah. I needed some accountability and some help to like mm -hmm. figure. And that, that was out. part of the thing, right? Like, so I'll I'll pay this off right now. You're gonna have zero credit card debt now, like after tonight. And after that, then your car lives in my safe because, and that's a compromise, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm, it's not like we'd only been together like three months. Like we'd been together like three years at this point. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's like we so, were pretty committed on our relationship. I mean, it was a, it was a hard conversation, but I think having a hard conversation <laughs> is good because now we have a good understanding every single month. I literally I just say, hey, it's the last day of the month. And she understands what that means. She <laughs> needs to send me her numbers. 
her income savings rate whatever yeah. all the numbers that she needs to send me and she understands that because i gotta update my spreadsheets has um, to update his spreadsheets <laughs> <laughs> i need to update my spreadsheet he gets shaky if he doesn't but but with all yeah. those conversations and, I, and and we talk about this all the time right on this podcast that money talk is so taboo within families and within mm-hmm. couples but if you have that awkward conversation that tough conversation then it really leads to a better I don't know, better financial situation down the road. Yeah. And we still have uncomfortable conversations sometimes, like for sure. Nothing as bad as like some of those initial ones when we were first like trying to get on the same page and, you know, credit cards and student loans and all that. We still have conversations where it's like, man, I'd really rather not be talking about this right now. But for the most part, it's like we talk about finances pretty freely, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what do you guys like like talk about in terms of your finances? And and I like I imagine you guys are kind of keeping each other in the loop and you know planning your like planning your future together really and and finance is a huge huge part of that mm-hmm. what do those conversations look like and how do you keep yourself like keep each other accountable and on the same page it's more like me updating Jess <laughs> well will updates me on our like investments all the time um but at the end of the probably month, like, every day yeah yes like you have no idea tim you have no idea I, well I, updates instagram often and i love those updates what are, what is it money money wise marriage yeah. yeah yeah yeah. you can find us on instagram at money wise marriage and will's so. very transparent and i love yeah, it he is um but yeah, so like Will said at the end of every month, he asks me for my numbers. So some people might be like, wait, he doesn't know your numbers. So this is maybe like a little bit unusual and would be kind of controversial. Like, I don't know if you've ever followed like Rachel Cruz, Dave Ramsey's daughter. She would be like totally against this. But um, Will and I have separate bank accounts, actually. Um, and so this is something that I feel like we actually need to do. Um, so I, there's, we still have the accountability. Like I'm not worried about Will because he never spends money unless I basically say, Will, buy that. You, you like, you need it. You never spend money. Right. Um, but for me, I send him at the end of every month, like, here's what I made this month. Here's like how much I've saved. Right. Here's my net worth for like just what's in my bank account, that kind of thing. So he, he can see all of that. And like, I mean, usually in a normal month, it's like, oh, you spent like whatever, five or 600 bucks, like that's normal. But if there was ever a month where it's like, why did you spend $2,000 this month, Jess, right? It would be like, oh, well, remember we had to pay this like thing that was $500 and we had to, you know what I mean? He'll be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So um, I like tell him that info so he kind of knows. So there's accountability that, but for me, the separate bank accounts, I feel like since I'm married to someone like Will who like wants to know you know, down to the penny, like our net worth ends with 15 cents, right? It's like, (laughs) I just feel like it would be like, why did you spend $3 at Dollarama yesterday? And it's like, for us, I think it actually works better that he, and and he, he, we have open access. Like if he was ever like, hey, Jess, I want to like look at your savings account or I want to look through your checkings account. He he can, we're married. He can look at it, but he can't just like every day go in there and be like, what's she been up to? So that's been worked really well for us. Some people would disagree with it. Like Rachel Cruz would say like, you're married, you need to have the same bank account. But we've actually found that this works really, really well for us. Um, we still have accountability. We're still like, he can, he can see it anytime he wants. I'm allowed to look at his anytime I want. I mean, we buy things together, right? We're not like, oh, you're paying for that. I'm paying for this. Like, we don't look at it like that, but. But so, you can buy a coffee and not get scolded by Will. Right. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So with with that said, though, our bank accounts make up such a tiny amount 
of our net worth compared to our even our investments and that that i manage for like both of us and i have money like it's like lumped um and so like to say separate bank accounts but like that that makes up such a small portion of our overall picture where we lump things Mm -hmm. together if that Mm -hmm. makes sense well and we know people with separate bank accounts and it's like well i'm not paying for that like she has to pay for that and it's like no like if i'm going to get groceries and like i'll put it on on my card and if will goes he'll put it on his card and it's not like oh you pay the groceries Mm -hmm. like we just at the end of the month we're still putting it into the same place right like it's all going into investments at the end yeah yeah so it's kind of like i know exactly yeah that's how me and justin do it too Basically, our checkings accounts are separate. So yeah, yeah. So That's... it works if you have the right mindset behind it. Yeah, and it, you're not thinking about like mine versus yours, but it's just like yeah, yeah. Having no, the right. I mindset. get that. Like, if I were to go to St- Starbucks, well, I can choose. Like, do I use like mine and Justin's account, or do I use my account? <laughs> and obviously, I'm going to use my account. <laughs> Very nice. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I love your phrasing about like asking for Jess's numbers at the end of the month. And just like in in my mind, I just pictured that that's how you two got together is you asked for her numbers and she like gave you her phone number. And, uh, <laughs> she like me- I told him my net worth. It's negative this much thousand dollars. <laughs> if Tinder was a thing, it would be swipe. What is it left? Left for no? I don't know. We met in person. Never use online yeah, dating. I don't know either. Uh, Swipe no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's What's your lifestyle kind of looked like on the way to achieving your goals? I guess like to to getting where you're at now, and also like keeping in mind and picturing what your goals are. What has your lifestyle looked like? Like, I don't do you guys eat out a lot. Do you guys what's your savings rate like? I guess would be a good question too. And yeah, so to answer that first qu- part of the question, um, like Chrissy said, uh, who came on to talk about the fire community, uh, it's not about living a life of deprivation, and that's not mm-hmm. what we do at all. And so when we lived in Mooseman, the small town there, um, we traveled. Uh, I, I would say like we probably go to Vancouver three times a year oftentimes before we have milo we gone to portland um we got i don't know i i think we go places and we definitely eat out every single time we're in the city and we don't live like i don't i'm not pinching like i think we're smart with how we spend our money and we're not Mm -hmm. like i wouldn't say we're like cheap about how we spend our money but we're just smart about how we spend i would say we're intentional Mm -hmm. about how we spend our money like that might be a better word for it like um, so we moved in December of like 2021. So we've been in our new house just over a year. And when we moved in, the house was in really good shape, but it needed tons of like cosmetic upgrades. Like we did so much painting, changed tons of light fixtures. This house is bigger than our last house. So we needed like new furniture and stuff like that. And like, we just bought some of that furniture like last month after being in the house for a year. So it's like, mm. You know, we knew that we eventually we wanted that, but it wasn't like we don't need this like the month we move into the house, right? Like, yeah, the room looked a little bit empty, but it wasn't a big deal, right? But for Christmas this year, I was like, well, like, let's buy some of that furniture because I'd really like to, you know, like, I'd really like to fill that corner in the room a little bit and just, you know, there was a couch in the room. So it's not even a good sitting room at that point, right? So like, that's like one example kind of, right? Right. Um, we don't eat out when we're just at home. Maybe once in a while, if we're like, we really need a date or like, you know, friends invite us out, that's different. But we're not like, 
I don't know, since we've moved to this new town, we've eaten out here together once. And that was on Valentine's Day. That makes it sound terrible, but we're an hour from the city. What I say is we eat out together all the time when we're traveling to Saskatoon, which is an hour away. Mm. And when we're on vacation, we eat out like two meals a day. (laughs) Maybe not quite, but we like eat and eat and eat. So like, I don't know. I think we know how to like, we're not going to spend a ton right now because next month we're going on a big trip, right? Mm -hmm. Or we're like that kind of thing. So. Yeah. I think we just kind of have a good balance of it. Mm-hmm. If that when makes I sense. met you guys, when you came to visit us in Edmonton, you guys, I, you didn't come across as like frugal people. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, oh, they're pinching so many pennies. You guys were just living life and you had amazing food in Edmonton. You went to all these different restaurants and mm-hmm. like you looked like you were just enjoying things. So totally. it, it was cool to see that you can balance that, right? You yeah. don't look like you're pinching pennies, but mm-hmm you're pinching where it matters. Like you're not getting vehicles that cost hundreds of dollars a month and, you know, subscriptions. I'm sure you probably monitor the subscriptions you guys have and things like that. Yeah. And even like house rental stuff, like it'd be super easy to like, you know, let's rip out all the flooring. Let's redo the whole kitchen. But like we painted our kitchen cabinets. It looks like we have a brand new kitchen, but we paid like the amount for your new paint. Right. So like even those kinds of things, there's way to do like, upgrade things without spending like crazy so those are just yeah. a few examples i guess yeah well and i know will always tells me that he he never holds back on food he just usually like you guys usually cook it yourselves and like you know um i mean he he you guys are smart in terms of like uh in terms of using flash foods watching for sales things like that but i know even just the other week will was telling me he's like man i've been eating so much steak lately <laughs> <laughs> so i mean yeah you guys i mean yeah there was oh there was a day when i told will like will we need a little break from steak so (laughs) like we eat really well here yeah yeah that's my biggest weakness so when it comes to spending i have a hard time buying a 20 dollar t-shirt um but if it's like a 20 dollar ribs or steak or or food uh, like at a grocery store I'll, i'll buy it and that's my biggest weakness that's where i i have a hard time um Yes. I watch for sales, but I have a hard time saying no to good food. It's true. Like, when we were moving, I had I literally had to be like, Will, you cannot buy more stuff to go in the freezer. Like we're moving. Our deep freeze has to be empty. And he'd be like, Oh, like you're killing me. But I'd have to, it was hard. We made it through though. Um, living in rural Saskatchewan, do you guys buy from local farmers? Uh we used to not we haven't found like I, I haven't looked really, but like we no froze is like five minutes walk from our house. So <laughs> it's so close and it's just I it's feel really like- convenient to be able to walk for groceries and the prices there are good. But like we will once in a while, like um in our last town, we bought like some of our meat from a farmer, we eggs. bought eggs from a friend. So we do that here a little bit, but not as like not consistently yeah. for young people, people who are starting out, people who are in university. Uh, just kind of taking those, uh, maybe they just graduated from university, kind of in that, you know, young adult range. What would be some some advice that you have for listeners in that age range? I feel like listeners have heard my advice lots and I want to hear Jess's. <laughs> okay, well, I think my first thing would be if you're planning to go to school, see if you can swing it without student loans. Like mm-hmm. y- you probably can and just don't assume that you have to take a student loan to go to school um be creative and like even if it means like maybe one semester you take only three classes that you can work a little bit more like i don't know just just look at that because 
I think it can be worth it. And like, even just like the, um, the peace that you'll feel to not have that loan hanging over your head. So really like, I wish someone would have told me I could do it without student loans. Um, the second thing I would say is if you're in a relationship with someone, like if you're just early dating, maybe you don't need to bring it up right away, but you know, if you can tell your relationship's getting a bit more committed, like have the awkward money conversation, even if you know, it's not what your partner is going to want to hear. Like, you know, in my case to tell Will, like, yeah, I actually like love to spend money and I have no budget and like no self-control, you know, it's like, he's not going to want to hear that, but like, don't try to hide that. Like it was important that Will and I just like had those conversations, laid it all out there. And like, yeah. I, I would just say, don't yeah. be afraid to have those conversations. Like that's with anything in a relationship. You need to talk about mm-hmm. the tough stuff and don't, don't avoid money because it will just at some point you'll have to talk about it. So it's better if you already know how to talk about it. Right. And I'll just add this invest, please, please. Oh, yeah. If you're 18, 19, and I, I, I cannot stress this enough to all the listeners and I talk about this all the time, please start investing. If you're out of debt, um, if you have a job in your early twenties, please start investing the compound interest effect. That's one of, I want to say that's probably Mm -hmm. one of the biggest changes to our net worth is because I got into the market at an early age. And obviously we've had a a nice bull market the past few years other than 2022. But other than that, like if you start investing and reinvest those dividends, please take advantage of that compound interest. And it's it's Mm -hmm. unreal what it can do. Yeah, And don't let the word investing scare you because I think like when I first heard Will talking about investing, it's like the only words I'd heard with investing were like stocks and they're risky and like mutual funds. And I didn't even understand what they were. Right. But like it just always sounded like, oh, investing, that's like for, you know, smart old guys. And it's like, no, like it's like educate yourself about what that actually looks like. Mm hmm. And can you just uh, talk a little bit about some of your goals? What's your what's your long term goals? Um, and kind of you know some of maybe your ten fifteen year goals. In fifteen years, I I think I want to be retired. Um, <laughs> I uh, I love I like policing, um, but there are days where I just like, man, this is just brutal. Uh, mm. In general, I like policing, but uh, I don't think Jess wants me to to be a police officer forever um seeing the amount of officers that just gets killed left right and center Mm -hmm. but i like my job but i love being at home um barbecuing smoking meat um traveling traveling and uh and to do that uh, this is why we're so intentional and there's times where i've texted jess like Mm -hmm. this is why we're trying to achieve fire like this Mm -hmm. is like like certain things where if i'm complaining about something at work or, or if i'm complaining about a certain thing in life whatever it doesn't have to be work necessarily but um i'm like this is why i want to achieve fire um this is why we're investing so aggressively each and every month that we're putting into the market mm. um this is what that like there's there you have to have a goal and i think location wise i want to be in alberta but uh i don't know exactly what, what that looks like right now but um that's like kind of like our 10, 15 year goal. Yeah. And then just, I guess, be a, the best dad that I can be and then grow our dividends and um, continue to invest in. <laughs> be a dad, grow my dividends. Be the yes. best dad I can be yeah. and grow my dividends. I'm yes. going to make that a quote for your office wall. <laughs> uh, Jess? And, um, no, sorry. I think like Will kind of just said already, but um, yeah, to, to be clear, I don't think Will will ever fully retire. He'll be one of those dads who like always says like, I'm retiring, but. He he will retire from policing at some point, I think, but he'll always have some kind of 
side gig going on and like will likes to be busy which is a good thing so i mean i think life will look a lot different in 15 years in terms of what kind of work he's doing but um yeah anyways it's fun and what fun about you jess fun you have your education degree so you're teaching are you yeah. what does it look like well i don't know exactly i really love being in the classroom and subbing has been fun this year like i mean after taking a year off with being home with milo um being in the classroom has been really awesome and there's some days where i'm like oh, i want my own classroom like that would be so fun and then there's some days where it's like i'm so glad i can just go home at 3 30 I don't have to mark anything. I don't have to prep anything. Like I don't have to write report card comments. So I have no idea. Like, um, I don't know. I, I I've thought about this before. Like, would I be willing to give up teaching if I could find something where I like if I could work full time from home doing something, would I would I give up teaching? And I, I don't know what the answer to that is yet. So right now I'm keeping the door open and we'll see what happens. But I think we talked about where I, I'm a stay at home dad down the line. She just teaches at some point after I retire. Yeah, we throw out all kinds of different okay. ideas. So nice. Uh, and do you guys have a number in mind that you're like, once we hit this dollar amount, like this is when we retire? Or I think I'm gonna do nine, like get to 19 years in the RCMP, um, at least because of that lump sum okay. we talked about in the RCMP pension. Yeah. Um, and how many years are you at now? I'm at I'm at seven now, so oh, that'll okay. bring me another 12 years, give or take 12 ish yeah. years. Um, so then. I don't know, compound interest, if the market doesn't, who knows what the next 10 years will hold in the market. That, see, that's the thing. A lot of it is is dependent on the market itself. Yeah. See, we're thinking maybe $2.2 million then, um, but that okay. would be, that's like, that's all projection. So I, I can't yeah. say exactly. And then dividends should be enough um, then to be able to cover lots of it and then uh, if jess wants to sub here and there um the rcmp has a program as a reservist so i can go come back to work for a month go up north and oh, cool. work for a month or something and then come back down and make lots of money up north and then just hang out the rest of year be an investor is what i'll tell people when i retire well i want to say that the fact that you guys have all these options open to you is because you're being mindful now and intentional now mm. like you don't know what you're going to do in 15 years but you know that you have options which totally this kind of really what it's all about yeah yeah because i think okay. oftentimes and jules we've talked about this and tim um and not not to hate on anyone like that but like we feel bad when we go to a grocery store or, or mcdonald's and you see somebody in their 70s or or you know like late 60s and they're still working and mm. um and lo- some of them are there because they want to, because they, they're just yeah. bored at home. But I just think, like, if you have a plan, then you 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 can kind of buy back that time and do whatever you want. Right. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be stuck as, like, a 70-year-old with back pain or something like that. Like, no. having to work and fight through the pain just to put food on your table. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. And this actually reminds me, um, when we were in university and just dating, I remember saying to Will or thinking to myself, like, I have never heard someone talk about retirement as much as you do. Like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> but it's like, Will has just kind of always had this, like, you're kind of like, okay, you're like 22. Like, why do you actually have to be thinking about, re- you know what I mean? Like, why are you talking mm. about that? That's weird. But it's like, no, it's not actually not something you should be thinking about when you're in your 60s, because it's kind of yeah. too late at that point. Like, you should be thinking about it early on you don't need to maybe yeah. think about it as much as will did but have a plan right <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely um also 
be the best dad and grow your dividends. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious, where is your money to get the best dividends? Do you want to share that? Um, Obviously, this isn't financial advice to listeners. Like we we say that, and um, the majority of my my stuff is in index funds, right? And some of them mm-hmm. just pay out. Um, lots of them pay out quarterly. Some of them um, every six months, and then I have one that pay out only annually. And once you accumulate a certain amount, um, so in my case, three hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Even if we make two percent of dividends on that, um. That's what is that six grand right there? Um, but with that said, uh, I don't know if you know this, Jewel, but because uh, we haven't talked, I mean, we've talked on Facebook, but in like over Zoom, but uh, I've started uh, every single month uh, 10% of my um, savings or go- excess. Mon- excess that's going to investments, 10% of it is actually going into individual dividend stocks now. Um, and 90% of it goes to index funds. And I've been actually reinvesting any dividends that I get back into dividend paying stocks. Mm-hmm. And so again, do your own research if you want to invest, whatever. But uh, uh, again, this isn't financial advice. But so I, I l- read a lot of blogs. In the last episode, we had Josh on talking about dividends. But uh, there's a lot of great blogs out there. Taucan is one of them. Uh, heck, read Josh's blog from last episode to check out his blog. Uh, but there's a lot of Canadian banks pay good dividends. So TD, BMO, RBC, uh, CIBC. Uh, there's a lot of good utilities company that pay out dividends. So we're talking about Fortis, uh, Enbridge, um, BHP. Like those are all like steady. So the reason I don't want to go too much into dividends, right? Josh talked about the last episode, but uh, basically, essentially, I want to do 90% index funds. 10% dividend paying stocks. And the reason why I started getting into dividend stocks is because during the downturn of 2022, everyone kept talking about dividends. Because once your stock, when your stock portfolio goes down, the dividends are still consistent majority of the times. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's the companies that pay out consistent dividends are the companies that are established, right? So in this case, the utility companies, the the banks of Canada, like, like those banks. And um, so the dividends are going to continue coming in. So you're going to have that steady cash flow that comes in even when during a market downturn or during a bear market. So that's why we we are growing our dividend portfolio now. So now I'm tracking my dividends, obviously. Every single month, I track my dividends. And um, eventually, as I reinvest those dividends back into dividend-paying stocks, eventually my goal is that um, dividends, dividends grow big enough that we're able to cover a lot of our expenses. Sorry, that was a big turnaround, like a long way of going about <laughs> no, it. But, so 90% index funds, uh, just tracking different markets, and then 10% of it goes into dividend stocks for me. I guess the last yeah. question is what's your most what are you most grateful for? Oh, Milo. I love Milo. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I have to say Will too, but it's been really fun being a mom and watching our our little toddler turn into a big toddler. And yeah. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. grateful for yeah, for a lot of stuff. And I think a lot of times I look at, I think we have a pretty nice house and a lot of times like a, a good life. And I, and I look around and I think we're in a good situation mm-hmm. that, uh, um, that people our age, not a lot of people are in the same yeah. situation. And, and I think like I talked about before, short-term sacrifices is long-term gain. And, um, we made that sacrifice early in our twenties and, 
um, I think we all have a pretty good life and Milo's yeah. a blessing and, and to have friendship, like, like even like Jules and Tim, um, people that I can be open with and talk about. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just, I think I have a, a very good life and I'm super thankful mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, so agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And soon you'll be very grateful for Lego Titanic. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Will said to me the other day, Jules doesn't know what's going okay, on. Okay. So, background story is Will has seen this Lego Titanic that's like the biggest thing Lego's ever sent as a kit <laughs> or something. And it's like not cheap. And one of Will's coworkers had it. And Will was like, ah, oh, that's so cool. Anyways, a few days ago, Will says to me, I can't stop thinking about the Lego Titanic. <laughs> and I said, Will, just buy it. He's Will's the kind of guy who goes to the mall like every three years and is like, okay, I've got three new pairs of pants and a shirt and I don't need to shop for three more years, right? So I was like, just buy it. Well, you never buy things for yourself. So anyways, it'll be arriving soon. And yeah. I am excited. Will's really pumped about it. (laughs) You better have it all built when I uh, go out there in a couple weeks to see you. Yeah. Whenever Lego decides to ship it. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Sweet. Well... I guess, you know, elephant in the room, you know, jewels. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, that was a good interview, guys. Um, yeah, I just want to say, Jules, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Um, all these episodes, like you've been on for, I don't even know how many episodes, probably 40, 50 episodes like you were part of. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. It's been uh, it's been a blast uh, meeting with you every mm-hmm. two weeks and uh, pumping on these episodes. And um, yeah. Like we can't thank you enough, and Tim and I are obviously sad to see you go, but uh, life goes on, and um, we're hoping uh, down the road we should uh, meet up again. And it's cool because in the mm. in the year and a half that we've been together, we've we've all met each other in person. What not together, but like I've stayed at Ju- Jess and I have stayed at Jules' house before. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tim and Jules have met in Moose Jaw there um, before too. Yeah. So, uh, it's kind of cool that we all actually met in person and. Uh, I'm sure uh, we still have a chat on Facebook that we'll talk back and forth. And um, if you are looking for a mortgage broker, please, mm-hmm. if you guys can't find her information, just contact us and we'll get you in touch. She is uh, yeah. fantastic. And so, yeah. you can do mortgages all across Canada. Is that the case? Yeah. Yeah, I sure can. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jules, for coming on. We really yeah, appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, guys. And thanks, yeah. both and Jess, for sharing your story. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was our pleasure. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'll end my own uh, six-figure millennial, hopefully (laughs) seven-figure down the road. But if you are a six-figure millennial, just like Tim, Jules, or I, um, and you want to feel free to share your story, uh, feel free to come on our show or email us at financialclassroom.gmail.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Um, I guess for the last time ever, uh, Jules, you want to finish whatever last closing thought and we'll go from there. Oh, man. Well, don't say last time ever. I'm still going to come on as a guest every once in a while. There you go. Um, Well, Jess and Will, it's been incredible. Um, Like every episode, I feel like we can all take some little tidbits away. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, you know, it's just nice to talk to someone who is very intentional with their money and yet not pinching pennies and, you know, like you're able to live and be smart. Um, saying that i just want to thank you again and thanks everyone for listening thank you guys peace out thank you for listening to this episode for more episodes and financial tips 
check out our Facebook page, The Financial Classroom. And if you like this podcast, feel free to subscribe and leave us a review on our various podcast platforms. Later. like talk about in terms of your finances and and i like i imagine you guys are kind of keeping each other in the loop and you know planning your like planning your future together really and and finance is a huge huge part of that mm-hmm. what do those conversations look like and how do you keep yourself like keep each other accountable and on the same page it's more like me updating jess <laughs> well <laughs> will updates me on our like investments all the time